Ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, the phone number 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program, as always text DATA to 33777, and as a listener you get a 15% discount off the daily show notes, we send you all the links every day of all the stuff we're going to talk about, and then some. It is show prep for you for the day as well, it comes out right when the show starts, Uh, We never want to tell you what to think. We give you all the information so you yourselves can think for yourself with all the information. We weed out the grifters and the liars. Now, I want to talk about a wild story that is beginning to circulate online. And I have to read to you a, a somewhat lengthy thread. Um, this is This is a lawsuit. That has been filed. Now, you will know one of the problems that the United States has right now is a lack of qualified air traffic controllers. It's a huge problem. The United States has been moving over time to a a new GPS-based flight tracking system for airlines. So, uh, there are, and, and you're going to have to forgive me if you're a pilot, and I know a lot of pilots listen to this program. Uh, I know a lot of pilots listen to this program because I it, it's been a while since I've been on a flight where the pilot did not speak to me and, and say he listens, and, and that's not just Delta. Um, it's it just the, the, they listen. And there are a series of towers around the nation um, that um, signal flights, um, so that flights know where to go, um, and they path themselves around the country into these. It's a very interesting um, mechanism by which these transponders or towers operate around the country, uh, and they've also got neat codes like around the Atlanta area. One of the towers is named after the Braves, and there's a flight pattern over into Alabama, where it is, if you're flying from Alabama into Georgia, it uses the names of the um, of the the of the, the the countries or the realms of Lord of the Rings. Uh, it, hang on a second, let me see if I can find this. Lord of the Rings transponders aircraft. Uh, it's it's kind of a a a fascinating. Um, story the way that uh, these aviation lines work to get planes around the country. Uh, and it's just, it, it's very fascinating. Yeah, you've got, uh, there's Gondor, um, there's uh, Frodo, there's Shire, all of these pathways in, um, it's just, it, it's really, really interesting to see how the, the, the patterns fly. And essentially, what this is, is that uh, you have flight approaches into airports and you have paths around the country. And in so doing, planes fly like transponder to transponder. Instead of using GPS and just charting on a path, 
They fly in this area, and the air traffic control keeps planes in sync. They have to be certain distances away in certain patterns. I love getting on, for example, there's a there's an app called Flight Radar. Uh, I've got several on my phone, actually. And you can see all the planes in the sky. You can narrow them down by type of plane. You can narrow them down by, uh, by the airline. Uh, you can see helicopters. It's just, it's really fascinating. And, and our skies are very, very busy around the world. And around the world, the air traffic controllers keep everyone aligned. And they're a vitally important, vitally important component of the aviation system, particularly as you get closer to the ground. In the sky, high above us, Planes have systems that they can they can track each other, stay out of each other's way. When you get close to the ground, you're landing. You, there's a lot going on. You need the air traffic controllers and the planes together to help you so you're not flying into each other. And we have a shortage of air traffic controllers. And by the way, one of the most high-stress high stress, um, businesses in the world. So I want to read for you now, having put all that together, this uh, crazy, crazy lawsuit. It's a scandal at the FAA. It's been moving on a slow burn through the courts for a decade, culminating in a class action lawsuit known as uh, Brigitte versus Secretary versus Pete Buttigieg, Secretary Pete. It's brought by a class who spent years and thousands of dollars in coursework to become air traffic controllers, only to be dismissed by a pass-fail biological questionnaire with a greater than 90% fail rate, implemented without warning after many of them had already taken and passed a skill assessment. The questionnaire awarded points for factors like lowest grade in high school is science, something explicitly admitted by the FAA in a motion to deny class certification. Let me read to you this paragraph from the complaint. Plaintiffs vaguely refer to their complaint's description of a handful of BA questions and only single out question 15, which awards points for having science as the high school subject in which I received my lowest grade. Question 15 cuts against commonality in two ways. First, a portion of the proposed class scored the maximum possible points on this question and therefore could not be negatively affected by it. Second, the statistics plaintiffs trots out cannot show that this question systemically favors African-Americans over other applicants. Even if African-American high school students have average science scores lower than any other race, question 15 requires comparison of the applicant's own grades. The question would reward a straight-A student who earned a solitary B in science, regardless of what grades the rest of their class received. In other words, the FAA is saying this doesn't benefit African-Americans. It benefits kids who had great grades except in science, regardless of their race. Mainstream outlets are giving this sparse coverage for reasons that will become clear shortly. Right-wing sources paid attention initially, but few ran follow-ups. So what's going on? This person notes, I'm a law student, not a professional. I have a podcast about Internet nonsense and a side hobby of sticking my nose in where it doesn't belong. The court filings are public record. They can be expensive and difficult to obtain. PACER is the tool. If I was a lawyer... I'd go on something called PACER. You can go in, you can put in uh, different lawsuits, you can get all the documents about it. So here's where this gets interesting. Historically, the pipeline into air traffic control has followed a few paths. Military veterans, graduates of air traffic collegiate training initiative programs, and the general public. Whichever route they came from, each candidate would be required to take and pass the eight-hour at-sat cognitive test to begin serious training. The test was validated as being effective as recently as 2013. 
The FAA has faced pressure to diversify air traffic controllers for generations, something that seems to have influenced even the scoring structure of the ATSAT cognitive test used for pre-employment screening of ATC candidates. Leading up to 2014, the pressure intensified with the National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees leading the push. To start with, in 2000, a three-member task force, including uh, an NBC FAE that is National Black Coalition of Federal Aviation Employees, wrote, quote, a business case and strategic plan to address underrepresentation of minorities, women, and people with targeted disabilities, recommending, according to the lawsuit, a workplace cultural audit, diversity hiring targets for each year, and allowing race and national origin and gender-conscious hiring. They were advised by a professor who helped them analyze FAA diversity data in 2009. The professor authored a report concluding that the FAA was the least diverse agency within the executive branch of the federal government. From there, they sent letters in July and August 2009 to the FAA administrator and the secretary of the Department of Transportation claiming disparate treatment, adopted a strategic plan advocating for affirmative employment, obtaining an independent valuation of hiring and screening tools, and pursuing litigation, and a talking points document demanding the FAA address diversity and create a group called Team 7. In 2012, Team 7 members met with the Secretary of the Department of Transportation, the FAA Administrator, and senior FAA leaders to discuss diversity, after which the FAA commissioned a barrier analysis with a number of recommendations central to them the cognitive test posed a barrier for black candidates, so they recommended using a biographical test first to maximize diversity, eliminating the vast majority of candidates even prior to the cognitive test. In 2012 and 2013, they continued pushing the process. Around that time, the FAA decided to pause the hiring of CTI graduates. Now, remember, the CTI is the Collegiate Training Initiative for people who go through college. So they paused the hiring pending the implementation of the biographical assessment. In 2014, the FAA rolled out the new biographical questionnaire in line with the barrier analysis recommendations designed so that 90% or more of applicants would fail. The questionnaire was not monitored and people could take it home. Questions asked prospective air traffic controllers how many sports they played in high school how long they'd been unemployed recently, whether they were more eager or considerate, and 70-some other questions. Graduates of the college program, like everyone else, had to pass this or they'd be disqualified. Schools were blindsided and outraged. A report on FAA hiring issues found 70% of administrators agreed that the changes in the process had led to the negative effects on air traffic control infrastructure one respondent stated that their numbers had been devastated, and the majority agreed it would severely impact the health of their own programs. The largest program, training college students to be FAA uh, air traffic controllers, dropped from more than 600 students to less than 300. It's remarkable. They began to push for diversity hirings and weeded out people on a bio, biographical exam who factors seem to suggest that they were not diverse enough. This, this piece goes on and on and on and on and on, but it seems pretty clear from this lawsuit 
that one of the reasons we have an air traffic controller shortage in the country is that the FAA decided that there weren't enough non-white people who could pass the test to certify that they had the cognitive abilities to be an FAA flight controller. And so they started a pretest to weed out people based on their biographical characteristics instead of their competence. I mean, this is undoubtedly something that, that the left would prefer, except it's also a way to try to get around the affirmative action uh, rulings in the Supreme Court now. You can say you're, you're not actually hiring based on race or not. You're weeding out people based on biographical characteristics, and those biographical characteristics include, uh, did you do well in science? And if so, you might be penalized because you did well in science as opposed to you did bad in science but better in everything else. It's just bizarre the links they will go through. And the result of this is around the country, there are all sorts of shortages in air traffic control. Do you know in, in New York now, planes are now regularly delayed and one of the chief issues is because the skies are crowded and there aren't enough flight controllers to guide all the flights in the sky. In fact, if you regularly delay flights in New York, you lose a landing slot. Uh, they fight. So every airline has landing slots at airports. You're, you're assigned a landing slot. Uh, so Delta gets this many, uh, JetBlue gets this many, American Southwest, they, they're, they're all assigned. And in New York, if your flights are regularly delayed or you cancel flights regularly, ultimately you're penalized and you have to give up slots. Except they've been waiving this in New York because everything is so delayed and they are so short of air traffic controllers. Lots of flights are getting canceled because of lack of air traffic controllers. So they can't penalize the, the aircraft and the airlines because of the FAA shortage. And why do we have an FAA shortage? Well, one of the reasons is because the FAA decided to impose diversity requirements and does a pre-analysis test that weeds out about 90% of the applicants based on their biography, not on their skills and cognitive abilities. Oftentimes, the government is its own worst enemy. And in almost every one of those cases, when the government is its own worst enemy, it's because the government listened to progressives. When the world seems crazy, he'll keep you sane. It's the Eric Erickson Show. Want to be on the show? Come on, be on the show. Call Eric now at 877-973-7425. Back to the phones we go. Welcome, Brandon, to the program. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. Hey, Great. I just wanted real quick, it just kind of uh, came to me uh, when you were talking about the plane crisis we're dealing with. Um, it shows that uh, it really is a scam. The whole um, environmental thing is a scam because just look look at that. You just said it yourself. They're not hiring people to do air traffic control, which is a hard and stressful job. It takes a special kind of person to do that. And they're looking for race and gender and sexuality and all that. Now, meanwhile, you just said yourself, the skies are full of planes just kind of idling, kind of like the big boats down there by the Panama Canal. <laughs> so they're just, you know, waiting to land. So what's going on? They're burning up a lot of jet fuel that they shouldn't be burning through because if we had enough people sitting in those seats, those planes would be getting up and getting down and on the ground, and we would be helping the environment. 
Am I yeah, wrong? You know, that, that's not, not a it, that's not a bad point. And also, you know, the FAA has – I started talking about the transponders, how they fly. They're moving to a GPS system, so it's it, the planes can fly more direct routes instead of these circuitous routes. And they've struggled to finalize the system over the years because of bureaucratic hurdles, among other things. Uh, and you know, all these things, the FAA is not a, a fully competent organization, which should scare everybody who flies, that uh, it, it's not a fully competent organization. Uh, and yet uh, they literally, we put our lives in the hands of, of these people on a daily basis. I, and I got to tell you, the, I, I've, I've got emails here from pilots who listened to the last segment. Uh, hopefully you're not flying and texting. <laughs> uh, but yes, they run into this problem all the time. And they said the, the New York, here, here the, the D.C. New York corridor is awful because you have Philadelphia, New York, Boston, Washington, and others all in tight spaces and frequent shortages. But the worst is the Florida area, particularly around Jacksonville, which has had massive FAA shortages causing all sorts of flight delays. And it's not like they don't have a body of qualified people applying, but they can't get through the diversity tests. Thank you for that. I, it's remarkable, remarkable. And I, you would think that the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action would get rid of this, but actually they're just trying to find more and more clever ways to get around having to deal with that decision from the Supreme Court ending affirmative action. 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program when we come back? I mentioned all the good economic news yesterday. Well, today UPS announces layoffs. What on earth is going on? And it's events, dear boy, events that could cost Joe Biden the election, events like this. We'll get to it when we come back. Right now, though, I mean, the news of all these layoffs, you got Roomba laying people off, CVS, you got um, BlackRock, Blackstone, I think. You've got UPS, Google, Amazon laying people off. The economy looks like it's growing, but you got these problems. Swiss America wants to help you save your hard-earned assets and protect them. They've got this report, The Secret War on Cash. You can get a free copy by calling or texting my name, Eric Erickson. To 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading daily. So get their report, The Secret War on Cash. Learn how to protect your hard-earned assets. Just mention Eric Erickson, my name, when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's 800-289-2646. You can also go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Great way to, to put your information in there and get the Secret War on Cash report. Or call or text 800-289-2646. Mention Eric Erickson. Message and data rates may apply if you call. Eric Erickson Show. Howdy. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Please stop calling and yelling at my call screener. You want to yell at me, but he won't let you through. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I apologize to Mike's call screener for being yelled at for things I say on the radio. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, we, we got to talk about the economy again, because I noted yesterday the economy is actually doing well. We should take the good news where we can get the good news, and the economic data shows the economy is growing at 3.1%. That inflation may actually be down now to about 2% based on private sector data, not public sector data. My mom texted me yesterday afternoon and said, if the economy is going so well, what about all the layoffs? 
my sister's company just went through a round of layoffs. She she was not laid off, uh, thankfully, um, but it's one of many companies that have been downsizing the workforce. UPS today has announced that it is laying people off. Uh, 12,000 jobs uh, saying rocky economic conditions and lost business from labor negotiations led to a sharp decline in its 2023 uh, revenue and profit. The shipping giant on Tuesday reported a $6.7 billion profit for the full year, down nearly 42% from 2022. The company has nearly 500,000 employees, 85,000 of which are full-time and part-time management. The CEO, Carol Tomei, said plans are to cut about a billion dollars in costs through reductions of management positions and contractors. While UPS headquarters are in Sandy Springs, Georgia, the job cuts will be at UPS locations around the world over the next several months and will result in a 14% decline in management headcount. The cuts announced Tuesday will not affect the vast unionized workforce of UPS drivers, package handlers, and others. The company has been adjusting its operational headcount through attrition and reducing operations, and UPS says it plans to continue to align staffing and our operations to the needs of our business. Now, one of the big issues here for UPS is that it's not about uh, the future. It's about the past year. It's been rough for them. And they're reassessing um, revenue decline 9.3% in 2023 to about $91 billion. And the CEO says 2023 was a unique and quite candidly difficult and disappointing year. We experienced declines in volume, revenue, and operating profit in all three of our business segments. Now, keep in mind, part of that is Amazon has started its own delivery services. The CEO said some of the poor performance was due to macroeconomic environment and some of it was due to the disruption associated with labor contract negotiations and higher costs associated with the new contract. A lot of it is labor costs with unionized workers. Prices are going to go up and they're going to hit mostly management, mostly management, but they're not alone. Here's a list of companies that have announced layoffs so far this year. So at the end of last year, you had uh, CVS and and others announcing layoffs. uh, And now you've got Alphabet. That's Google. Amazon is laying people off across its film and television studios and Twitch streaming platform and its audiobook platform. BlackRock is laid off 600 employees after it went woke. Citigroup is laid off 20,000 by the end of 2026. Discord, the online streaming service, it's laying off 17% of its staff. Duolingo, the online language uh, service, is laying off 10% of its contractors and going to move to artificial intelligence to handle some content creation. eBay is laying off 1,000 employees or 9%. iRobot, that makes Roomba, cutting 31% of its workforce uh, following the termination of a merger agreement with Amazon. It was going to merge with Amazon, now it's not, so it's cutting a third of its workforce. Macy's is eliminating 2,350 store and corporate positions, or 3.5% of its workforce, excluding seasonal hires. Microsoft is cutting 1,900 employees, or 8% of its gaming staff. After last year's acquisition of Blizzard, this is less than 1% of its workforce. Rent the Runway, the fashion subscription company, is cutting 10% of its staff, 37 people. Salesforce is laid off 700 people, or 1%. Sports Illustrated is pretty much closing the doors. 
uh, massive layoffs there. 12,000 jobs at UPS, as I mentioned. 1,800 jobs at Unity Software. Universal Music is laying off between 100 and 300 people. Wayfair, the online retailer, uh, getting rid of 1,650 employees or 13% of its workforce. Xerox is trimming its workforce by 15%. In 2022, it had 20,500 employees. That's the last regulatory firing of employees. Laying people off. Apple is moving employees out of San Diego to Austin, Texas, and those who won't transfer are going to lose their jobs if they can't be reabsorbed. Goldman Sachs had layoffs at the end of last year. A lot of the layoffs that we're seeing right now are layoffs because businesses held on to employees because it was so hard to find employees, and they think now we're through the thick of it. They've managed their labor force participation rates, so now is the time they can cut loose employees they think they don't need. Yeah, it's counterintuitive, isn't it? The economic growth numbers, the inflation numbers, the macroeconomic numbers, they're all great. But it sure doesn't feel that way to a lot of people. To people being laid off, it feels like there's a recession. There is some silver lining here. The number of available jobs has risen. In fact, there are 9 million available jobs in the country, according to economists right now. Nine million available jobs, and those aren't just medial jobs. There's not just uh, low-income jobs. Some of these are are high-income jobs in professional classes, and they're job openings. So it sucks to lose your job, but if you're going to lose your job, uh, losing it when there are nine million available positions in white-collar job positions and high-paid blue-collar job positions, actually not a bad time to lose the job. It sucks, though, for you if you lose your job. It sucks, and that's the problem. And this is, if you were here for the beginning of the program, was making the case that neither side can say definitively they're going to win in November. It's going to be a very close election, a very low turnout, and very tight margins across five swing states. Joe Biden's path to win is about Trump's personality, but Trump's path to win is arguably easier than Biden's because it's about events. Many events Joe Biden can't control or hasn't controlled, like the Middle East situation, but also the economy. The numbers sound real good. Wages are beginning to surpass inflation. Inflation is now coming down. Growth is over 3%. We're outpacing every other nation on the earth in terms of growth, even if revised down. But the private sector data suggests it might actually revise upward to even more growth than we think. But it doesn't feel like it if you're losing your job. And it doesn't feel like it yet if your wages might be going up, but they haven't actually kept up with inflation yet. It doesn't feel like it. And that's Biden's problem that he has going into the November election. It feels like you're in a recession if you've lost your job. You can't dismiss people's feelings. And that's part of the problem for the Democrats. The Democrats, who are the postmodern feelings-based, I feel, I don't think, guys, don't want you to believe your feelings about the economy. They want you to believe them that, well, the macroeconomic numbers are so good, of course, things are great. But maybe not at your house. Maybe not at your neighbor's house. Maybe not for your kid. So my daughter 
I, I got an email. Uh, Hank. Hank is, is works for Dave Ramsey. My daughter's economics class for her senior year. So her senior year at her school goes to a classical education school, and the first semester they do their senior thesis, they have to build an argument, develop the argument, write the argument, and give the argument and answer questions. It was a very well done. It, it's you're teaching critical thinking skills, you're teaching writing skills. Uh, you're applying the logic classes that you've had, the speech classes that you've had, uh, all, all the other stuff. And, and my daughter's was essentially on how modern feminism devalues women. Uh, she did a very good job of it. The second semester, though, is their economics class. And what they're doing is they're putting the kids through the Dave Ramsey program. And she's asking all these questions. She came home last night. She's like, why on earth do apartments tell you that it's $1,000 a month in rent? But they don't tell you all the fees involved. There's the pet fee involved. There's the deposit. There's the first month's rent. She says, I, I got to figure all this stuff out. I got to do a budget for my class. And and this is blowing my mind that it's so much more expensive than I thought. And some places you got to pay for parking. Some places you don't. Some places have security. Some places don't. And what about a house and a mortgage? And oh my gosh, did you know this is how interest rates are? It's kind of funny to listen to her come home and complain about this stuff. And what do I do last night was, what do I do about furniture? And she says, this is why I got to email Hank. She says, Dave Ramsey has become the thing that is my night terror. <laughs> she says, I wake up in the middle of the night and hear Dave Ramsey say, don't put it on a credit card. Pay cash. <laughs> but she's having to learn that this real world stuff and, and uh, jobs and what do I do about jobs and, and how much money am I going to make? And oh, my gosh, taxes. Dad, did you know that your take-home pay is so much? Yes. Yes, child, I know. That's why I'm a Republican. <laughs> it's very funny to hear her come home now every day. Or, or the text message, up, oh, up, oh, she's listening right now, in all caps. Pay in all cash, she says. Pay in all cash. Yesterday, it was in all caps. Um, Let's see. No, where is this? Uh, uh, no, I gotta, I gotta find the group chat with my wife. Yesterday, she was all fired up about just the basic cost of a futon. Yes, I need a futon or something because there's not a guest room, and if someone wants to stay over, they can't just sleep on the couch because then they'd have to sleep in the bed if the futon was my bed, and I don't want people sleeping in my bed because people are gross and I'm poor. Why is a futon so expensive? What utilities do I need to pay for? How do I afford furniture? <laughs> the further and further we get into this econ and senior seminar class, the more I understand those people who live with their parents until they're 50. You know, reality here is if you're having to take care of your kids, and a lot of Americans are, it doesn't matter how well I tell you the economy is doing. It doesn't matter how great it is that uh, there are lots of jobs available out there. If you're taking care of your kids because they can't afford to live in a house, apartments are expensive, and you've just gotten laid off, the economy sucks for you. The macroeconomic and the microeconomic pictures are not aligned in this country. And the problem is that the Democrats want to sell the country on the macroeconomic picture and voters vote on the microeconomic picture. The microeconomic picture for a lot of Americans isn't good right now. And the sooner the Democrats understand that, the less likely they are to be demeaning to voters who realize this economy sucks. 
there's also why the path for Donald Trump is way easier than Democrats think it is and why Democrats are hoping for some black swan event like a Trump conviction in order to stop him. Because the reality is the economy is firing on all cylinders. But for a lot of Americans, it's not working for them. And those events are events that Donald Trump can capitalize on. Democrats seem so sure there's no way anyone would vote for him. What was it, Pauline Kaler, whoever, said she couldn't believe Nixon won in 72 because no one she knew knew voted for him? Well, Democrats who are in the MSNBC bubble know no one who will admit to voting for Donald Trump, and the reality is a lot of people will. A lot of people will. Yeah, there are lots of reasons to think Trump can't win the election. When you look at general American surveys and people's views on him, but there are a whole lot of reasons to think that he can when your average American keeps being told the economy is so good, but their news is layoffs and they can't get their kid out of the basement because their kid has nowhere to go. That stuff matters more than the macroeconomic data out there. One of the groups that understands this is Americans for Prosperity, and they're making the case that we can fix the economy and get your kid out of your basement and into his own place if we just do some reforms of reducing government and deregulation for small businesses and assert a fixed permanent tax code where businesses and small businesses in particular don't have to worry about massive tax increases coming. They support school choice. They support parental rights. They support limited government. And they want your support at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You go sign up with Americans for Prosperity. They're going to teach you how to be a great fighter for limited government, for freedom. They're going to teach you how to make persuasive cases to your neighbors, your friends, your family, your local government, your state government, that, in fact, limited government works, tax reform works, school choice works, and they can help you sell those things. They're going door-to-door explaining the case for school choice in states like Georgia right now, trying to tell neighbors how people stand on the issue. Y'all, Americans for Prosperity. They fire on all cylinders fighting for freedom, for free markets, for free people, for limited government, for school choice. They want you on their side. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with them now and be an effective conservative activist. Well-connected and well-respected. It's Eric Erickson live every weekday. Join Eric's Army of Activists. Text ARMY to 33777 now. Hello, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Y'all, don't forget text DATA to 33777. Sign up for the show notes. You get a 15% discount. You can also pre-order my book, You Shall Be As Gods. We're getting closer and closer. for. Now, listen, I've gotten a lot of emails, messages on Instagram and Twitter and the like about book signings and stuff. They're... We're, we're still several months away from the book coming out. We're going to work to make that happen. We're putting thought into it now. Uh, when we announce uh, the dates for the gathering here very shortly, we will also uh, do a book signing there for people who come to the gathering. Um, we've got a lot of ways that we're going to make that happen. I'm actually really excited about this book because it takes really a lot of my monologues and, and synthesizes them into into something cohesive about how uh, the progressive secular wokes have become a religion, and they don't even realize it. It's just a new form of the very old Gnostic religions where they have secret knowledge and, and ways to move forward without any grace, very little mercy. I hope you'll order the book, text DATA to 33777, and you can subscribe to the show notes. You can pre-order the book. There's a link to Amazon, and there's a link to Barnes & Noble there. 
All right, we got to move on to other stuff, including the border deal. It's interesting how uh, the pivot now, the media is tearing up the Republicans in the House for rejecting Joe Biden's border deal. But Joe Biden isn't interested in closing the border. The deal would allow 5,000 illegal aliens a day to come into the country. And if you exceed that amount, they would seal the border so none can come in. Why don't you seal the border so none can come in to begin with? Here's the problem. This is a problem that the GOP needs to keep in mind and needs to pivot on. For all the talk of the Democrats that the GOP has wanted a secure border and now is rejecting a deal that would do that, the deal that Democrats are proposing would not seal the border but would allow 5,000 illegal immigrants a day to come across. And if it exceeds that amount, then it really would seal the border. So instead of starting with a sealed border, they're starting with a leaky border. And they're talking about immigration. Republicans need to pivot and make this a national security issue. Stop talking about it as part of an immigration issue and start talking about it as a national security issue. We know from the FBI, the FBI is deeply concerned about terrorists coming across the border. In fact, more than one terrorist has been caught. And a massive number of people from Middle Eastern countries have been stopped. And that does not include the gotaways, the people who were never caught. If you've got that many Afghanis, Syrians, Yemenis, Iraqis, and Iranians coming across the border getting caught, how many more are coming who never got caught? This is not, this is not an immigration issue. This is a national security issue. And having a leaky border where 5,000 people a day get to come across who are caught is not a secure border. If you can seal the whole border to stop anyone from coming, if we exceed 5,000 a day, why not just seal the whole border now? It's not an immigration issue. It's a national security issue. Republicans should start talking about it as a national security issue, particularly with the Iranian situation and the Yemeni situation right now. I hope that they change their talking points on this. We'll see. Talk to you all tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.